Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Um, there's a lot of people hating on this podcast right now on YouTube. Um, I don't care. I'm still going to keep putting out videos and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You can, you can make up false allegations. You can say and do whatever you want. I'm going to still keep grinding, man. I do this for fun. I'm not trying to become a YouTube sensation. I do it for free, essentially. And I guess it's just digging into people's you know, chess that I'm doing better just just doing this as a hobby. You work and do this for a living and you suck. So, hey, man, it is what it is, man. I got about five different segment segments for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. First segment is entitled would beating Clemson be like a national championship win? And here's what I wrote about that. Would beating Clemson be like a national championship win? No, it would not. Clemson is on one heck of a run right now. And congrats to Dabo and the Clemson uh, football team. Um, But Florida State has been in flux for the last three years. If Mike Norvell can provide stability as the head coach to the uh, Florida State football team, I feel like we can be a problem for a lot of teams. Beating Clemson would be a great accomplishment. Um, don't get me wrong. That would be tremendous for this program. But it wouldn't be on the level of winning a national championship. Um, Florida State would have to play a perfect game to beat Clemson this year. Um, even if they do that, I don't think that would be enough. Um, LSU laid the blueprint on how to beat Clemson. FSU, or I'm sorry, Florida State needs to try to emulate that plan. Norvell seems very smart, and I think he knows what it takes to build a winner. Um, Three seasons seems like an eternity since we last uh, were relevant. Um, I'm tired of being a laughingstock of uh, Power 5 football. Um, This may have uh, morphed into something different. I really don't care. Uh, We need to win as soon as possible. Um... You know, I've watched a couple of interviews this week with Mike Norvell talking about the workouts and stuff. And I got a segment coming up on uh, tomorrow's episode. Um, You know, I like his energy. I like how he's holding guys accountable. Um, I like how he's trying to get the strength and conditioning to an elite level, uh, which has been lackluster for several years now. I like everything he's doing, man. He's slowly winning me over. Um, you know, when I first started this podcast, I had a episode that was entitled No Norvell, Please. Hey, I, I, I may have been kind of overzealous on that one, but hey, he, he, he winning me over and he's proving me wrong. So I love it, man. That's what I want. He's doing it. And I just hope that what he's doing, laying the foundation now, I hope it translates to winning games when the season starts. Um, So that's going to conclude that segment. 
let's go to the next segment, which is a closer look at Florida State's wide receiving core. And here's what I wrote about that. A closer look at Florida State's wide receiver core. Uh, Terry, Matthews, Thompson, Helton are the main guys. Um, Helton coming off injury. Thompson had his issues. Hopefully all that stuff is good now. And um, they can be a full go uh, for the season opener. Terry and Matthews are the playmakers here. Hopefully Norvell has a plan on how to use them properly. There's a host of upperclassmen and freshmen waiting in the wings to be a factor. Um, So I feel this is a position of strength for Florida State if it is utilized correctly. Terry needs to learn to run the whole route tree. Matthews needs to be more consistent. Um, Helton, if healthy, if Helton, if healthy, I can't even talk today. Helton, if healthy, is a player. Thompson runs good routes. He has good hands. He's a big receiver, but I classify him as a possession receiver, which is not a bad thing. All right. Um, You know, we got some freshmen, uh, Douglas, uh, Wren, uh, Robinson. Uh, you know, you got speed there. You know, I guess one of those, one or if not all three of those guys are going to be factors. Uh, you know, if, if, if uh, Tamori and Terry learns how to run the whole route tree, man, you're, you're looking at the uh, maybe the next Terrell Owens, in my opinion. Because the, the deep threat is definitely there. But just knowing all the nuances of route running, you know, I, you know, if, if, if he's, li- if, uh, Tamori and Terry, if you listen to this, reach out to, you know, some of the old guys that, that have done this for a living. Uh, Chad Johnson, uh, Terrell Owens, and just, you know, see if they'll, you know, work with you on your route running. Cause all the everything else is, you know, great hands, great deep threat, you know, tenacious player, you know, just need to work on that route running. Uh, DJ Matthews is most certainly a player. He's maybe he might be the best route runner on the team, but he's inconsistent. You know, if he if he can lock in for a whole season, man. He he could be like he could be like Rashard Green, man. And Helton, he's a, he's a jitterbug. Um, you know, great hands, great speed, little undersized, but he can play. And uh, you know, Warren Thompson is a big body guy. He's a guy that you throw jump balls to in the end zone. Um, and then the um. You know, I broke these guys down several times. I'm just doing like a a closer look at them. I'm not going to break down every single receiver on the roster, but I just wanted to break down the main guys and throw some of the the, uh, freshmen coming in. So we'll see what happens, man. Um, It don't don't mount to a a hill of beans if the offensive line sucks. That's where you got to have the protection to get the ball to uh, where it needs to go. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, that's going to conclude that segment. We're going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled, Why is Warwick Dunn Not Celebrated Enough? And here's what I wrote about that. Here's what I wrote about that. Why isn't Warwick Dunn celebrated enough? I really don't know. To me, he's one of the greatest knows ever and was uh, running back number one all time at Florida State until Dalvin Cook came along. He has 10,000 plus yards in uh, in the NFL um, and he split carries with other backs his whole career. If he would have been the man guy, I think 13,000 or 14,000 is not uh, out of the realm of possibility. Um, Dunn had great hands out of the backfield and didn't mind and didn't mind tattooing a defender on chip blocks. Um, then you look at his charity work, um, giving away houses to single moms even after his playing days were done. Um, this guy has always been a class act. I wish Florida State would use him more as an ambassador for this program. Um, I don't know why they don't. You know, I don't know why they don't reach out to Warwick Dunn and get him to do more Florida State stuff. Because, I mean, this guy's personifies class. I mean, charity work, I mean, you know, beyond reproach. Um, so I think it would be a great look for Florida State. It would be a great look for Warwick Dunn. You know, all the way around, this would be great. Um, to me, he's, he's definitely in my top 10, maybe top five players all time at Florida state. Um, he helped lead us to the, uh, our first national championship and, you know, just one of my favorite players, man. And I just wish the pundits and the, you know, quote unquote experts at Florida state, um, as far as football would, would recognize him more. You know, I love Dion, but he he, you know, Dion's not on the same level as him as to, in terms of charity work. So as far as I know, I could be wrong on that, but Dion may do stuff just, you know, in silence. But as far as what he's done, hey man, class act. So um, that's going to conclude that segment. Let's move on to the next segment, which is entitled um, First Weekend of uh, XFL Thoughts. First week of XFL Thoughts. I know pundits thought it was a great weekend, but I just saw mediocre football. I think fans just want football year-round, so that's why it's getting good reviews from fans and pundits. Um Pundits always have an agenda. Time will tell if it's sustainable. Um, I read that the league is projected to lose almost $400 million. I stated in a previous episode, um, starting a new football league, you better have billions, if not trillions, to throw away in a black hole. Um, a lot of former Noles played. I only watched maybe like five minutes of one game. Um, I like some of the things that the XFL was doing as far as uh, letting you hear the plays and the kickoff and stuff like that. 
They're promoting safety, which is a plus. Um, if they survive this season, maybe they will add more teams. Um, then it will get interesting. And maybe a football video game. I can only dream about that. Uh, I didn't expect for this thing to get rave reviews, but... You know, when you got Fox and ESPN, which is under the Walt Disney umbrella, promoting this league, you know, they're going to say good things to try to get people to watch us, the whole propaganda engine. So, like I said, all I saw was mediocre football, but it's good to have football during this time of the year. So I do appreciate it. Um, I just hope the league can survive and add more teams. And you don't have to challenge the NFL. You can be your own brand. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, that's going to conclude that segment. Let's move on to the next segment, which is entitled Tavares McFadden. What could have been? Tavares McFadden, what could have been? First of all, why did you leave your junior year? You had to know that your stock dropped after a subpar year in 2017. Two, 2016 was an awesome year. Um, but we know that was because of the pass rushers um, that Florida State had that year. Tavares McFadden was a decent corner in college. Not great. Um, if he would have stayed at Florida State for, 2000, for the 2018 season, he might have reestablished himself as one of the best corners in the nation. He went undrafted. He went to my 49ers. I don't believe he suited up one game for them. Now he's in the XFL trying to get back to the NFL. I hope he does it. A former five-star recruit. Um, he has talent, but his speed or lack thereof uh, is the issue. He ran like a 4-8 at the combine um, when he came out. Not good. Uh, I hope he can beat the odds and get his career back on track. Um, listen, man, when you go to the combine and run a 4-8, you're probably going to go undrafted. All right, you should have stayed for your senior year, got your fitness right, you know, put put more game tape out there, and you possibly could have been a second or third round pick. Um, in my opinion, you don't have the speed to play in the NFL, but I believe you can play in the NFL like – a Sherman. I think you could you you could be a more athletic Richard Sherman. Um so again, we'll see what happens, man. I hope he can get everything back on track and make it back to the league. Um that's gonna conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh it's available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Um if you're listening to this on YouTube Please scroll down to the description, click on one of the links, rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, go Dose.